Hi, hello, and welcome back to my podcast. It is your girl, Jazz, aka Jasmine. And what it do, what it be, come talk with me. All right, so today we're going to be talking about um, something that's a little bit close to my heart. And for those of you who don't know, or are just, I guess, blind to the things that are happening in America, we are at a... I want to say a revolution of a sort. Um, so I'm thinking of the song from Hamilton, um, the Schuyler sisters, and where um, Angelica's like, you want a revolution, I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And when she meets Thomas Jefferson, he's she's going to, you know, include women in the sequel work um, for all the Hamilton fans out there um excuse me but for all the Hamilton fans thank you that was my beautiful rendition of Angelica's part but she brings out I love Hamilton because of just the political and racial um climate of the United States because it seems to ring really closely to the younger generation, myself included, of things need to change. And if our country started through riots, and we're not want to say, yeah, because I feel like throwing tea is a riot into a sea. It's a, definitely a big, you know, middle finger to the king. Um, so basically, what I want to talk about is when she, well, she says, um, we hold these truths to be self-America. I can only sing it. Um, to be self-evident that all men are created equal, which, you know, is a biblical standard. You find that in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, when God decides to create humanity in his image, and he says, let's create them in our image, both male and female. And he goes over and continues to, like, say what man is going to be a dominion over and all that other stuff, right? Greatness. But what I want to talk about um, is whitewashed tomb walking christians so for those of you that are not christian or not raised in the church and don't understand or might even want to question what that even means well i'm gonna let you know i am it's from the great gospel of matthew and it's the 23rd chapter so for those of you who don't know math that's toward the end of matthew jesus already risen from the dead i believe nope this is before the dead before then before the dead i can't even speak um, this is before the crucifixion. Okay, Jasmine's out. Sorry, but it is after like the greatest commandment um, in chapter twenty three, where Jesus says, you know, um, that you should love the Lord God with all your heart and mind, and you should love others. You know, that's where the love God, love people tends to come from. Um, I feel like pe- I've never heard matthew the chapter of 23 to ever be preached on in my life like i've never heard an actual like bible study or anything from matthew chapter 23 and so i have i read from the um new revised standard version of the bible that was what i had to take and that's the bible i needed for my undergrad so i just bought it and it's been the one of my favorite bibles i just love how it reads um so all that stuff but the title so in my bible just in case it didn't this doesn't happen to you guys but it like titles the like chapter. So this title is Jesus Denounced Scribes and Pharisees. So the scribes were people that, you know, wrote down different things. And the Pharisees um, would translate today would be our teachers and pastors. And these 
I would call them televangelists like um, Benny Hinn. I don't know if that's a good example, but <laughs> um, or Roberts, uh, Billy Graham, list goes on. Clayton Jennings, look, you can go on forever. Joyce Meyer, um, all those people, right? So they would be. Well, I'm not calling them Pharisees, but I'm trying to explain what the Pharisees are. Like, that would be them. So, it's this is a beautiful chapter. If you ever just want to read the whole thing, go ahead and read it. But I'm actually going to read, or not even read, but okay, yeah. Verse 27, it says, so it's Matthew 23, verse 27. It says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they are full of the bones of, they're full of... Of the bones of the dead and all kinds of filth, this is twenty eight so you also on the out so you also on the outside look righteous to others, but inside you are full hypocrisy and lawlessness, and then it goes on to say more so a lot of times Jesus is saying, "Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, um which first off, I think it's a beautiful just way to call out somebody. I feel like I'm going to do that the next time. Woe to you, you Pharisee, you hypocrite, and see what happens. Um, they might just call it back to me, but, you know, if the shoe fits, hey. But anyways, so Jesus is warning his believers and people that are following him as disciples. He's warning them of becoming whitewashed tombs like these Pharisees that are walking around in his day. So these Pharisees in Jesus' day sound a lot like the American Christians, um, that we deal with today. What I'm talking about is that they, and Jesus goes on to like say this in the full chapter. I just didn't want to read the full chapter for you guys because I just want to focus on that one. But he basically is telling them like, how dare you, you know? And at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus says to his, to his disciples, listen to what the Pharisees say, but not, but do not do what they do because they don't follow or they don't walk the way they preach. That means they preach one way and they live another. They're hypocrites they're telling you to do these things because that's what the lord god says that you do these things and yet they're not doing the same the very things they're telling you to do and jesus is saying love god and love people he's saying that's the most important you love god first and then you love people and basically that's what well through a lot of religious talking laws and all this other stuff that's basically what the pharisees were trying to say love god and love people but live according to god's standards but yet they weren't doing that. They weren't loving God and loving people. They were loving themselves is what basically Jesus said. They were self-indulgent. They were walking around really nice on the outside. They, man, that person looks like a Christian. Man, they talk like a Christian. They, from a distance, not knowing who they are or what they're going through, they look really nice. They seem really godly. They might look as if they have a good relationship with Jesus. They might go to church every Sunday. They might do this and might do that. They look really polished. They look like they have no sin. They look like they don't struggle. They look like they don't deal with nothing. They look like God keeps blessing them. They look the the blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on of what Jesus is talking about that's this so so evident in our Christian circles and our Christian American church today, which is one of my biggest issues and one of the biggest things I'm struggling is rewiring my way and my view of Christianity because I've realized I've been following an American Christianity that talks about prosperity gospel, which is not even close to what the gospel even is. That's another story for a different time, but I want to talk about the looking as if 
you look like a duck, you walk like a duck, you talk like a duck. So you must be a duck, right? But no, and then, you know, the commercial for Affleck goes, you look like a duck. And I'm like, Affleck, you know, that's what I really think of where Jesus is like, they look one way, but they talk another. And it's like, you look like a duck, talk like a duck, Affleck, Affleck, whatever. But the Pharisees in Jesus' time were the religious leaders. They held the high, the high, um, I guess, positions in the community. Not only did, like, fun fact, not only did, like, Jewish leaders have, like, a position in the synagogue, like, in their churches, they had position in their communities because you know that's what jesus calls leaders to do is not only to have a an impact on those that are direct under your like your fellowship like i'm gonna say fellowship but under your leadership but to have an impact on those that are around you i feel like there's more pastors should be doing that but that's a different story so he's telling them to to listen to because they speak truth but they don't live the truth I that Jesus right there because I feel like I can just mic drop and leave it alone. I'm not gonna drop my mic now, but they speak the truth, but they don't live the truth. Whitewashed tombs. They're walking around really nice and they're really polished. They look like they don't struggle, but on the inside, they're just dead. Like to be filled, like the way he his imagery is so disgusting because I'm such a visual visual person. So when I read this, in my mind I'm like I can see this nice polished person, their eyebrows on fleek, their hair did, you know, outfit just everything right, shoes, the accessories, the jewelry, everything is on point. They just look fire. They just dripping. They just oh, everybody's gonna need sunglasses around them because they're just you know shining. I've been watching way too many TikToks, FYI, and that's probably why I talk about this month. You know, irrelevant. But anyways, so they look really nice on the inside. So that's what I imagined is like this nice church one person. Could be a hipster church. I don't even care what kind of church. They just, they just fire with their outfit. And they're like, yes, work that outfit. Yes, own that. But then on the inside, if you just like broke them apart, like cut them in half, then their inside is just filled with dead bones. Like that's disgusting because, you know, bones of dead animals are dead, just deadness. It's it's gross. It, it, you know, it attracts a stench like no other. It attracts bugs and maggots and it just, I don't even think about it um, because that just disgusted me so quickly. He's, but you said all kinds of filth. So it could be dust, there could be moss, there could be spiders, there could be all sorts of things on the inside just crawling on the nastiness of the inside of this person. So Jesus was talking about this at that time. And I was just so blown away because of the culture that is an American Christianity. And I'm going to say American Christianity, which is not the global Christianity, which is not the big C church. Because... What's the difference, Jasmine? Well, well, let me tell you. So the difference that I've noticed and I've studied now and watched videos and realized is that American Christianity is rooted that whiteness is next to godliness. And it is in the very belief that white supremacy and this it just holds that true that white is superior than anything than anything else that that's this christian american american christianity i'm getting a little excited i'm tripping over my words 
but American Christianity where Jesus blesses the United States as, you know, the new Israel, because I don't know when we flipped the switch when Jesus was coming back to save the United States and not save Israel. But that's a story for a different time that we flipped that being patriotic and faithful to United States holds a higher standard than being faithful to Jesus Christ, the one you claim to have saved you from your very deceitful heart. That you can't be a good Christian and a good person if you're not patriotic. Well, I like I'm Christian. I know I'm Christian. I'm good. I just want to say I'm a good Christian, but like not perfect. But I've real I've realized that a lot of these so-called I'm gonna call them so-called Christians are more patriotic and more willing to die for the red, white, and blue flag then they are willing to die for their faith. Because they want to say, oh, right now people can't meet because, you know, there's a pandemic and people are like, oh, they're taking away our religious rights. They're trying to, dis- you know, dislike mantle the church. Rah, rah, rah. Do they realize that around the world and there's places where Christianity is booming that the government says you can't, so they can't actually meet big and loud and proud outside. They have to hide in fear of their very lives, and yet they're willing to lay down their lives for Christ, for that, to lay down their lives, that it might save at least one person. Americans, we have no clue what, like, um, well, I was going to say prostitution, lol, no. (laughs) Um, mm Mm-hmm. That word would come to me at a different time. If you know it, let me know. Um, uh, slip my mind. Whatever. We don't know what it's like to be like, no, you can't meet at all. You can't be Christian. We don't know what that's like. We've always had the freedom to choose what believe. So anyways, that's not a tangent for you guys. But... There's these Christians that are holding fast to, I look like a Christian today. I look like Jesus, but I really don't act like Jesus. I don't present Jesus. From a distance, you might see a glimpse of Jesus. His glory might have, you know, covered me for that moment, but I'm not walking around with the living water that Jesus has. He will give to me to be born again with a new, the newness to have Christ, the Spirit of God, fill you and to see life differently. And I feel like most whitewashed walking tombs do not realize that they are walking tombs, that their own cleanliness from the outside is blinding off their very reflection that they can't see what they're doing is actually not only hurting those around them, but killing them. So let me take you through what I saw in my head. So my head, I saw this person, and if you haven't noticed, I haven't said at least, I have not mentioned someone's skin color. Because right now, I know I could come from a place screaming that this is, oh, this is a white person problem. Oh, no, no, no. This is a black person problem. Oh, no, no, no. This is a brown person problem or a purple person problem or a green or blue or yellow or orange or magenta. Magenta was my favorite person off of Blue's Clues. Um, 
So we can go through all those things. And I've realized that it's not a skin issue. It's not a white, black, brown problem. It's a heart issue because on the inside, all of our hearts are the same color and all of our hearts are wicked. But it's the Lord Jesus who saves us from our own wickedness. If we turn and repent toward him and say, Jesus, I'm sorry for the way I lived my life. It is selfish and it's out of my own personal game. I want to gain. I want to live my life for you. So that means that I don't have to, you know, work the hard job or I don't want to please my flesh. But I want to do what you've called me to. That's Christianity. That's living out the gospel. That's putting in part of I want to make tons and tons of money being rich and giving most of my money and make on a paycheck away because the Lord says, bless that person, bless that ministry, provide funds for so-and-so, so-and-so. I don't know. You fill in the blank, whatever the Lord's put on your heart, that's for you and the Lord. So people are now walking around these whitewashed tombs, blinded by their own eyes. When they look in the reflection, all they see is this brightness, this clean, bright, coming off the sun or the fluorescent lights on their inside that they see this and they're like oh i'm shining i'm doing what jesus called me to do i'm preaching the gospel i'm doing this i'm doing that and yet i'm saying that all lives matter because you can't just pick out someone's color and say that they are not you know if they just work hard and they stop being you know so they just stop being criminals if you don't do you know bad things or illegal things, things will happen to them and they don't realize that they are blinded to the injustices that are going on to those black and brown people of color for being criminalized, basically for being born black or brown. They're blinded by their own deceit. That they can't see how they treat and talk to minorities And how the underlining of how they react and interact with minorities is rooted in white supremacy. There was a time in our country actually not too long ago in most of our either parents or grandparents generation and lifetime where they couldn't walk into the same place. Sorry, my mic fell. They couldn't walk into the same place if one person was white. A black person couldn't enter. A brown person couldn't enter. There were signs that said no Negroes, no Puerto Rican, no Mexicans, and no dogs. And it wasn't always in that order. Sometimes they said no dogs first. So there was a time in our history as a nation where people of a lighter skin color treated dogs with more respect than black and brown people. And this has happened in the last, mm, you know, I feel like 100 years is really, really broad. The last 60 years. Oh, wait, what, Jasmine? 60 years? Yeah, 60 years. That's our parents' generation. That's our grandparents. They lived through this. They know what it was like to look, someone look at you and spit in your face because of the color of your skin. Or you go missing because of the color of your skin. Or you'd be accused of rape as a 12-year-old because of the color of your skin. And then, I just love what Jesus says as he goes down. Verse 29 says, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. 30, you say that if we have lived in the days of our ancestors, pay attention, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would have not taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus, you testify against your, this is the first one, thus you testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill them, Philip then, 
This verse 32. Full up then the measure of your ancestors. You snakes, you broad of vipers. How can you escape being sentenced to hell? Question mark. Mm, hey, question 34. Or, okay. Anyways, it goes on. I'm really excited. I got too excited. I got very carried away. But he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Because you say that. Oh, that was my ancestors' mistake. My ancestors are the ones that ins- that slaved your people for hundreds and hundreds of years, that took them from their families across an ocean. That was my ancestors. That had nothing to do with me. But Jesus says, woe to you. Because you say that you, if you would have lived in the time of your ancestors, you wouldn't have done it. But guess what? He's, he's addressing an ideology, a th- way of thinking, a way of viewing the world that because of my ancestry, because of where I've come from, now I've internalized my greatness, my whiteness, to be superior to your black slash brownness. That this is what's rooted in American Christianity. And I keep saying American Christianity because that's what it is. This isn't Christianity around the world. This is what America and the West have morphed Christianity to be. To be based of whiteness is goodness not you know kind of ignoring the fact that in genesis 1 26 and 27 god says let's create mankind he didn't say let's create oh this is me not offensive i'm sorry let's create white folk in our image or white people in our image no he said let's create mankind god being outside of time that's another conversation but knowing that skin tones were going to change and fluctuate and there was going to be a variety of skin, color, hair, eyes, features. He knew all this and he still said, let's create all of it in our image so that, so now back to our ancestors might have either been slaves or slave masters. But what we deal with today and what we're seeing coming to a head right now is the generational thought of whiteness is equal to goodness so the standard of godliness or the standard of beauty or the standard to try to achieve for christians a so-called christian nation which is another thing i don't believe we're a christian nation but you know there's me and that we form this instead of godliness is walking like Christ. Goodness is forming to the image of Christ to be Christ bearers, image bearers of him to love God and to love people no matter what their background is, what they've gone through, what they look like, like Jesus did. We've morphed it into whiteness is the standard I must achieve to be most like Christ when in fact Jesus wasn't even white. He was brown. And people are like, no, he's not, Jasmine. Statistically speaking, in the time where Jesus was in the place he was in the world, duh, he's brown. He was brown on earth. People looked brown. Let you chew on that for a little bit by yourselves. But we've morphed it into that. And I say we because people can go, oh, no, it was the white folks that did it. It was white people. It was their problem. No, no, no. It's a we thing. Because first and foremost, we have to get rid of the they versus them, no matter who they are for you or who us is for you. So the they for them could be a white person. The us for you could be black people or brown people. And they could be switched around. The they for you could be black, brown, minority people. 
and the us could be white people. We have to first and foremost get rid of that pointing of the fingers because in reality, we all took part in that. Either our ancestors adapted to that belief by having their culture and their language and their image striped, or not striped, but like, yeah, taken from them. Literally, they were stripped. There we go. This this was stripped. They were stripped of their culture, the what they knew, what they were comfortable with, and they just had to adapt to the standard that was imposed on them, not even by God, but imposed to them by other people, people that are lighter in complexion and pass more a more European person a european standard of beauty when in fact our faith as christians that even it doesn't it's not a european based faith it's a northern africa southern asian kind of faith and if that bothers you well i'm sorry but do your history or do your history learn your history and actually see where these places were in time and in their cultures because if you learn more, you'll see more. That was kind of rude. I'm sorry. But I'm not sorry because I had to learn this. I had to learn what was I accompanied to. Because I just realized not so long ago that I was okay with this standard. All my Okay, so I'm brown. You know, I'm Puerto Rican. Like for those that don't know, I'm Puerto Rican. And I'm brown. My immediate family, meaning my parents and my siblings, are not as brown as me. How does this happen? Genetics. Um, because I have more African descent on my dad's and more Spaniard descent on my mom's. It's just what it is. So if you ask me what like what race I consider myself, I always consider myself mixed um, with black and like Spaniard. That's just what it is. What it is. Because for Puerto Ricans, we're loud. We're we're just loud people. We talk fast. We we emphasize with our hands. We have high these motions. We're just, yes, that's who we are. And I realized that in the culture and growing up in the 90s and early 2000s that even like hearing it from my family and extended family that like when I'm dealing with authority, I must slow my talk down. I don't get, I, when I get excited, my words go even faster, for, so it's even hard for people to understand how to talk to fast talkers, and sometimes it's hard for them, and sometimes I just triple over my words, and it just goes really fast, but I've learned to, especially in Oklahoma, because people talk slow here, <laughs> but I learned to slow my speech down and talk more it was told to be proper, but it's not even proper because most people that are born in the United States don't even know how to speak proper English. The people that migrate here from different parts of the world, they speak proper English because they've learned proper English. But it, I was told to speak proper, but in reality, I was told to speak white, speak like white people, act like white people don't scare or threaten somebody because of the color of my skin keep a book in your car with you at all times a textbook so people know that you're educated because you don't want to become a statistic like every other puerto rican or hispanic person before you 
You don't want them to arrest you for any reason. You don't want to cause attention to yourself because of the color of your skin and the way you look because your look is threatening to people that don't look like you, that don't talk like you, that don't understand your culture because I might, yes, have been born in the United States, but my culture is not an American one. It is very much a Spanish one and people don't understand why I hold certain things the way I do because that's my culture. And my culture scares you. It's a threat to you. So you stripped my ancestors of that very culture. That now the Puerto Rican culture is the only culture I know. Because I can't take my roots back to my African culture. The one I've recently learned to embrace. The more I had color friends of color around me. When I was going through these things with the Lord. It wasn't until the last two years that I've actually learned to appreciate my skin color for what it is. Because for most of my life, I wanted to be darker because I, I, there was a beauty. I saw the beauty in being darker. From a young age, I was just like, if the darker you are, the more like God and the more like Jesus you are. That was my train of thought. Even as a high schooler, I was that kid that did my, I love history. And I love humanities. Oh, medieval humanities. Let's go. Let's have a conversation about it. Just yes. But as I was learning these things, and I saw that the darker you are, it's just beautiful. The, the, the more melanin you have in your body, the more like Jesus you are. That's what I thought. But as I grew up in the culture and context, I was told otherwise. That no, no, no. We don't embrace your culture as much as you you should know that your language this spanish is barbaric that your people are savage that this they need someone to save them and yes my savior is brown he looks more like me but this white savior complex that i as a white person know more than your savage brown ways that's a little harsh right that sounds really mean but this is what's happened to lots of brown and black kids across the United States, generation after generation. We're told that we're less than. That we, as our skin, is seen as dirty and gross. Our culture is savage. Our languages are barbaric. That we need someone saving us because our faith and how we believe and see the world isn't like God. It isn't. What? Genesis, back to it. Genesis one twenty six says, let's, got, let's create mankind in our image to our likeliness. When did we trade God's likeliness from man's likeliness? When did this happen? Over hundreds and hundreds of years. And now people are fighting to say, this is how it's always been. Well, if it's always been wrong, isn't there a time to fix and change it? If it's always been negative and it's always oppressed somebody and it's always hurt somebody, isn't it time to actually let Jesus breathe life into it? Did Jesus hurt and oppress anybody? No. His ministry actually freed people from how they were living in their thought processes. Jesus stood with the woman, the oppressed. If Jesus was walking here on earth like he did back when he did, he would be standing with 
these communities. When I say these communities, let me point some out for you. He will stand with the Black Lives Matter because he knows how oppressed they've been. He will stand with the LGBTQ plus folk because he knows just how oppressed they have been. He will stand with the Asians, right? Asians and Chinese that have been oppressed and Japanese that have been bombed because he knows the oppression they have been through. He will stand with the natives that have their land stripped from them. Because he knows the oppression they've felt. He will stand with the me from the Caribbean when we were our culture was massacred right before our eyes. He will stand with all these movements and say, Hey, I see you, I see your struggle, I see how you have been oppressed. Here's the truth on it. I love you and I see you. Let me come heal that area and save your heart. Let me come heal what people have done wrong to you. Now go share what I've done with you to other people. Go share how God transformed your hateful heart to a loving heart. And then he says the greatest commandment you have is to love God, the Lord your God, with all your heart, mind, and soul. He's actually saying to love God with everything that you do and out of that loving God with everything that you are and everything that you breathe in turning to love everybody around you because guess what that's the most like God we can ever be because John 3 16 17 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and he set his son not to condemn the world but to save it he didn't come to act as a royal judge the one that he actually is and say, hey, what you're doing is bad. You deserve to die in hell, which he could very well likely have done. But instead, he decided to give us an opportunity to say, hey, turn from your wicked heart and follow me. I can give you life and life everlasting. I can fill you with an outpouring of a living water that will refresh your soul no matter what people are saying about you. So that you don't look like dead washed tombs walking around dead on the inside, but actually live from the inside out. Let my light shine in from the inside out. that's what jesus did so where did we go wrong Hmm. that's a conversation from a different time that's what i'm pondering currently is when did christians stop being christ-like because you can't be christian and go to church every sunday and volunteer in youth group and give away to missions but yet say Go back to your country to say, oh, all lives matter. Blue lives matter. And guess what? Blue is not a skin color. Blue is not. What about other professions? Are you going to say EMT lives matter? Because they do. Oh, wait. Brianna Taylor. Wasn't she an EMT? She was. And yet she was shot in her bed. So arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. How about George Floyd when he was having a panic attack and you still... Hmm. Okay. (laughs) So when did we stop being like Christ and become so judgmental that we're Pharisees that if you don't live to my standard, then you're not living to God's standard. Your standard is not above God's standard. No, it's not. His standard is to love God and love people. To not do things out of your own selfish 
gain to not listen to your heart because your heart would deceive you because it's greedy your heart's greedy to not fulfill your flesh your own selfish desires which could hurt somebody our own selfish desires what we want to fully achieve them we're gonna have to hurt some people not i mean sometimes it actually is might be stabbing somebody but what if it's Losing trust with somebody or stepping over somebody, stepping on somebody to achieve that. You're still hurting somebody. You don't, that's not Jesus. Jesus doesn't hurt people. What actually is hurting people are these so-called Christians. What's actually hurting the church in America is not Jesus. Jesus meets people right where they're at. God isn't. My dog's barking. God isn't hurting people. He's actually loving people. But the problem is that Christians are hurting people. Because Christians are looking at your appearance. Do you look like a Christian? No. Do you talk like a Christian? Probably not. So you really must not be a Christian. Instead of looking on the inside, what is your heart like? What Or looking at the fruit. What is your life What fruit is your life bringing forth? Is it bringing in good fruit? Is the fruit good? Because that fruit is going to the community. It's going to kids. It's going to these places that need love. And they're eating from this fruit. And those seeds being planted there. And Jesus being shown in that fruit. Because a lot, I want to say a lot of these whitewashed Christians don't have good fruits. They probably look really nice. They can look like those fake fruits. I hated those fake fruits as children because they look so real. You just wanted to eat the grapes. I don't know what it is about the grapes, but if you chew on one of them fake grapes, heck yeah, that was the best. But I couldn't eat a fake grape. So it looks really nice and it looks plasticky. And it's gross and it's disgusting. You're trying to feed that to people. Like, here you go. Here's what Jesus looks like, but doesn't actually mean it's Jesus at all. This is what my perception of Jesus is, but it's not actually a biblical perception of Jesus. This is what it is, and I'm giving you plastic fruit. Well, guess what? We're a generation that is done eating plastic fruit. We're so hungry. We've been starved from real fruit for such a long time that now God is showing real fruit and people are having an issue with it. Oh, we're pushing out of, people's out of their comfort zones. Oh, don't touch my culture. Don't touch that flag. Don't touch the South. Don't touch this. But hold on a second. When has any of those things ever been healthy and prosperous to everybody? To the people that were enslaved. They didn't ask for that. Did you pay them? No. How about Jim Crow? How about the justice system right now that we still have? That we're still in car... In, mm, yeah. Imprisoning. Whatever. Imprisoning men of color like crazy. Basically enslaving them all over again. That wasn't good for everybody. That was just good for the ones at the top. That was just good for the white people. And I know people are going to be like, but Jasmine, there were people too, white people that were enslaved. How about the Irish people? How about Jewish people? Yes, I'm agreeing with you. There were. 
but guess what? They were also seen as what? Less than. So that's why they were hanged and beaten as well. Because they were seen as less than for not even for not adhering to cultural standards set into place by the people at the top. So now we're in America and we see revolution happening right now. And I've never been so proud of young people to stand up and say these have been wrong and these have never been right. But never in my life have I seen such negative backlash from my white counterparts. I'm not saying all white counterparts have been bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying that there have been some white counterparts that are breathing this ridiculousness of saying, I love my people of color, but don't even finish, don't even finish that rest of that sentence or the rest of that phrase or the rest of that paraphrase, paragraph, because the rest of it is going to be hella racist. Like, I love people of color, but they should stop acting like criminals. Wait a second, I just saw a video earlier this week where a family, where children were handcuffed and they were criminalized basically on the color of their skin. It was a black family. Let me tell you, I was furious. Because how dare you, if that would have been a white family, oh no, you would have never seen that in America. Not once, not a man, oh no, that doesn't happen. They're fine. But a black, fam- a black family with children, they weren't doing anything. And it broke my heart and I was so mad. Because what? How dare people do that to children, traumatize them, and now for the rest of their lives are going to have to deal with that trauma as a child that they endured to be criminalized because the color of their skin is seen as a threat instead of the beauty it is seen for. Christians are so quick to see God's beauty in the flowers, in the sky, in the animals. And his music, and music in general, and painting, and in different cultures. But they're not willing to see the beauty God has placed within every people of those cultures. People are quick to love my Puerto Rican culture, but they're not quick to love me. People are quick to love African culture, but are not quick to love black people of African descent. People are quick to love Asian culture, but are not quick to love Asian people. People are quick to love Native American culture, but are not quick to love Native Americans? Does that make any sense? Let me just steal your culture, rape your people, and say that, oh, y'all, you guys are the problem. We're pointing a finger when actually your your ignorance has blinded you to see who you truly are. You can't even see that you're dead because you can't see it. It's like when somebody, you know, kind of smells, but they don't smell it. Because, you know, you could be like, oh, can you like put some deodorant on or something? Because you know, like, you a little musty, you a little hot. Which, you know, summertime, that happens. But that person doesn't smell it because they're just, that's just what it is. So as Christians, I don't even want to be... I don't even want to be called a Christian anymore because I don't want to be associated with that kind of Christianity where I have to adhere to 
the white standard when that's not even a God standard. That was a man-made standard to say that my culture, my people, myself, my look, the way I am, what I've gone through is not that bad. It's not that bad. You're not that dark. These are phrases that have been said to me. Oh, you're just, you know, kind of brown. What? Kind of brown? I'm more brown than you. Sorry. That's what I wanted to say to her, but I didn't. You're not black, so you don't really go through it. No, I'm just Hispanic, and we're not liked by anybody. As a matter of fact, we're seen as less than by everybody. So, there's that. And statistically speaking, as a Puerto Rican woman, I would make less from my white and black counterparts. So, we're like at the bottom of the totem pole here, and we're always told that we're immigrants, and we should go back to our country, when actually in Puerto Rico, it's not a country, it's a territory that is getting no help from America at all, really. It should probably just become a state, but, you know, that was not a thing this last time. Anyways, on the point, I don't want to be associated with that kind of Christianity because that's not Jesus at all. And I'm, be, I'm stuck on a lot of toes, and this is going to be a long podcast, and I thank you guys for bearing with me, but I'm so heated if you couldn't tell that I don't even know what to do because this is not even Christianity. This isn't Jesus. America's not American Christians, we're not showing Jesus. What we are showing is bigotry, racism, hatred. I've never heard any of those being used toward God as a characteristic of what God is. I haven't in my life heard God as being a bigot, being a racist, or being plain out hateful toward people for that look differently, think differently, talk differently, act different, or live a different lifestyle than you are living. I don't see that characteristic anywhere in the Bible or anywhere in history or any of those things, even from Jesus or God in the Bible anywhere at all. I've never experienced God to be a bigot or racist or homophobic or transphobic or all the things. I've never personally experienced God to be that way either or see it in his writings or hear it from preachers that God is hateful and deceitful and envious. I mean, he is jealous when we worship other things like our skin color hmm. or a president. So, oh, oh yeah, we we're not ready for that conversation. Um, I've never heard those characteristics or a liar like those things ever used to describe God. Never. I've used them. I've heard them. I've, I've used them also. I've heard them used to care to describe like Satan but never God but I've heard these terms used to describe people of color that they're just you know less than and they're gross and they're dirty and all these things not once have I ever used those things toward God or you had anyone else use them toward God that's, that's mega disrespectful as it might like that's hella disrespectful but I have heard them used to, you know, describe Satan as he tries to distract us from seeing who God truly is. Hmm. It seems like American Christianity is showing the world something and somebody, but I don't think it's the right something or somebody. It doesn't sound a whole lot like Jesus. Because God is, he's loving and he's caring, he's nurturing, he sees us for what and where we truly are. 
He calls us by name. He sees us when we're outcasted by society. He sees us as we're crying through the pain of trauma. He sees us as we're trying to process. He sees us in our brokenness. He sees us when we're hurting. He's a good, good father, as that song likes to say that we sing in churches all of the time. He's a good, good father. He takes care of me. He loves me, but he's not with the savages. And that's a harsh word to use, but it's been used toward my people, people that look like me, that are seen as less than in 2020. Excuse me? What? It seems like we've come a long way as a society and culture and as a people, but Christianity has fallen so far back. I saw Jesus more so in the heart of Zimbabwe, in the heartbeats of the people that we went to serve, than sometimes I see Christians in my own country, my own city, in my own neighborhoods, in communities that I am in part of heart in. So thank you for listening to my rant, but my challenge or my conversation that I want to bring to you guys is what does your Christianity look like? What does your faith What does your Jesus, what does the God you serve look like? What does your reflection look like? Because even if you don't agree with, you know, the white standard, you could still be really dead on the inside and look nice. If you're taking it to the other extreme where you see as white people as less than and people of color must be at back at the top. When in reality, both sides are extremely wrong. And God said, let's create humanity, which means everyone's equal in his eyes, no matter what our skin looks like, no matter what language we speak, no matter where in the world we're from. So I want to challenge you to have this conversation, conversation, (laughs) to have this conversation with those around you, to look at what you're allowing yourself to deal with are you okay with being seen as less than because of the color of your skin i'm not okay with it i'm not okay with becoming a statistic so i'm gonna do everything i can to be to be more than that but i have to work twice as hard just because of the color of my skin or if you have privilege or what privileges you do have do you notice your privileges oh they just just work harder maybe they don't have to work harder maybe you just have too many privileges Are you so ahead in the race that it it would take generations for that person just to catch up where you were born at? America, we Christians, we have to wake up and see the injustices. But not only the injustices, actually see the people that are being affected by the injustices directly and indirectly on their daily lives. And you know, we, we don't, it's easy. We love God, love people. When was the last time you truly loved people for where they were and who they are? It reminds me of Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman where Israel didn't like her. You don't talk to her, don't associate with her. But yet Jesus was as a teacher. He was a rabbi. He had a position. He was talking with her. He saw her where she was. He met her where she was, and he still loved her. He didn't condemn her. 
He didn't say, oh, how dare you, blah, 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 blah. Bow down to me. But he said, if you truly know who you're talking to, you would have asked him for the living water to refresh you on the daily basis, to be sustaining to you. When's the last time you loved God with every action, every thought, everything, and in turn out of the flow of that, loved people just like Jesus loved people? Because you know what? I think it's been a long time for Christians in America since we've been that way. I don't think it's actually ever been different than hatred and just ugliness. So I think it's time to realize and adjust back to biblical Christianity, back to our roots, back to where we started, and to realize that what we're doing is wrong, that white supremacy is not okay, black supremacy, brown supremacy, supremacy is not okay because the only one who is truly supreme is Jesus, and he's the one who deserves it. So if we put ourselves on the pedestal, then something's wrong. Something is wrong church we've been hurting for a long time now something is wrong people are crying they're crying out for God to see them to hear them and yet Christians aren't doing that we aren't seeing we aren't hearing we aren't listening to what's being said we're only dismissing people's emotions and actions because it doesn't line up with my emotions and actions. And guess what? They're never going to line up because guess what? You're going to live differently than that person lives because of A, B, and C. Fill in the A, B, and C with lots of different things. But church, it is time. The bells are ringing the alarm's been going off. We have to stop pressing snooze. Because I do that all the time. I press snooze like 12 times. The, sn- the alarm's been going off. We've been pressing snooze. And now because some people are still pressing snooze, you can't get mad when people are throwing alarm, cl- alarm clocks because they're tired of their noise. They're tired of the injustices. They're, enti- they're tired of being oppressed. They're tired. They're tired. They're tired. And am I included in that tired? Yes. I am tired of being compared to a statistic and seen as less than when I was called and created to be what God has called me to be, which means that I'm your equal in God's eyes. That we're all children, that God doesn't love one of us more than the other. He loves us all equally. He loves us all equally. All of us. So I'm just a small token that's bringing our attention to the ringing alarm that, hey, it's time to do something about it. It's time to get back to basics. It's time to start actually being like Jesus. Stop self-proclaiming yourself as a Christian and start letting your actions and words and validations come from people saying oh they look like Jesus they walk like Jesus they treat me like Jesus they love me you said you worship Jesus tell me more about this Jesus if he's changed your heart let me 
learn more about him. Let me know about this God you serve because you loved me so well that I want to love this God you're loving because I want to be filled with that. It's time to get back to that. It's time to make a stand by standing or kneeling but holding hands saying these things are wrong because guess what Jesus would have been right there kneeling at the football games he would have been right there in the front lines protesting at these rallies he would have been right there at the marches with the signs he would have been there loving hugging preaching saving healing Jesus calls us to do these things why aren't we doing them Thank you for joining my very heated, very emotional thing for me, at least. Very fast-paced, lots of topics talked about. But I'm going to leave you with this. Look in your mirror. Are you so blinded by your ignorance that you can't see that you're actually hurting on the inside? Or if, or are you so hurt that you can't even look at the mirror anymore? You need some help. Then speak out and get some help. But look in your mirror. Are you blinded by your own selfish desires? Or are you seeing Jesus through that mirror? Are you seeing him reflect from the inside out in your life? Because that's my, that's what I want to do. I want Jesus to see, people to see Jesus when they look at me. To hear Jesus when they hear me. To see Jesus' actions when I act, I don't want to say acting, but when I am living my life. To see that. That's what I want people to see and say, oh yeah, she knows Jesus. Because she looks and she talks and she sounds like Jesus. That's how the deci- they knew who his disciples were. Because they looked and they smelled and they laughed like Jesus. We need to get back to that, church. Get back to point blank Jesus. But thank you for coming to my podcast. Go check out my Instagram page. It is uh, All Things Jazz Podcast check it out thank you share this with everybody everyone needs to hear this have these conversations because this is our time this is our time to shine jesus's light not ours so share this with their people let them listen to it start a conversation with your people do all the things all the things just do it all right so i thank you thank you thank you and i'll catch you on the flip side